This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. And you can catch us on Dash Radio every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern on a Nothing But Net channel. It's not on a Nothing But Net channel. It's on the Nothing But Net channel. Did I say a Nothing But Net channel? there's only one. Oh, my God. There is only one. (laughs) (laughs) This is season two. Episode 23. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. I've been a Knicks fan since 1992. Bart, I'm from D.C. Hey guys, Steve here. Randy from Stanford. It's been a fan since the early 90s. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks life. Knicks life. Knicks life. It is a hard Knicks life. And now, it's a hard Knicks life presents. Twas the night before Knicksmas. Twas the night before Knicksmas. Went on the basketball court, right? Not a Nick was even practicing. Instead, they was home playing Fortnite. The banners were hung in the rafters with care. But no hopes for the playoffs this year, because we ain't signed no Max yet, and Porzingis ain't there. Steve Mills and Scott Perry were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of Kevin Durant in a Knicks jersey danced in their heads. When all up on Instagram arose such a clatter, I log on to Twitter to see what was the matter. The Knicks fans are crazy, they yelling about Frank. They say he's no good, they say we should tank. The sad thing is the Knicks don't try to lose. The guys are just too young or busted picks that are old news. When what to my wandering eyes should appear? But it looks like Moutier may have revived his career. We got Knox playing better, and we'll have KP back, and Alonzo Trier who just signed a two-year contract. With a passionate coach so lively and quick, I knew in a moment Fisdale's fit for the Knicks. But some players are not, and we see it each game. We tweet it and post it and call them by name. Trade Cantor, trade Courtney, trade Hisonia and Trey. Keep Vonley, keep Frankie, but not Hardaway. Tim's contract like Cantor's still makes me sick. I trade them for scrubs and a second round pick. And then in a twinkling, I heard it from Woj. The Knicks might trade Frank or Dotson? Oh no! But then I found out it was just a trade rumor. Good, cause Dot's been on fire. Hopefully Frank's a late bloomer. I sit down on my couch and turn on my TV. I slowly raise the volume and I tune to MSG. I hear Clyde exclaim with Mike Breen to his right, Merry Nixmas to all, and to all a good night. What's up, Barry D? What's up, Bax? What's going on, man? Oh, Merry, Merry Nixmas. Merry, Merry Nixmas. It's great seeing you at that white elephant party. I have to apologize. What's the apology for? <laughs> I feel very bad I made fun of the color of your hooded sweatshirt that night. Oh, was that? don't be silly. I said that you looked like an orange uh, construction cone in your sweatshirt when your hoodie was on. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. I don't get mad at anything. Let alone you making fun of my shirt. Now, your attire, on the other hand. Oh, I mean, you're probably making fun of my feminine robe I wore. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, this white elephant party, we, you know, we decided to do pajamas this year. I didn't expect you, uh, and you were complaining that you weren't going to do it because you're not comfortable in your pajamas, and yet you show up in this, uh, in sweatpants and some type of comfortable shirt, but cloaked in this tight thin pink bathrobe of sorts yeah that was quite a sight to see <laughs> you might as well well go, do it all the way Barry you know what I mean I'm gonna go halfway I'm gonna wear what I wear to bed that can't I wear to wear to bed <laughs> sure it is I'm not buying any of that what do you think about some of that sound design in the twas the night before a Nixmas some wintry sounds. I, I felt like I was right in the middle of it. 
I was sitting mm. in the North Pole or something. Some birds, uh, <laughs> owls, <laughs> lots of bells. Guys, I just want to do this quick little plug. Go to patreon.com backslash hardnickslife. For those of you who don't know, essentially that's where content creators like Barry and I, right, Barry? We create yeah. curse-laden Nick's content, and we feel like we deserve at least a penny for every curse. <laughs> right? It's a yeah, place. Fair. It's a place where we can connect with you. You can connect with us. And uh, if you want and you love our show, you can help contribute to it. You know, we're a free show for everyone, Barry, but it's not free for me and you. You know, even if it's a dollar a month, which my brother thinks that's a bargain. That's like 25 cents a podcast. Mm. You could get some stickers sent to you. There's also some tiers where you get some exclusive content, extended podcasts. You'll actually get to hear from when we start recording until the end, which includes a lot of bullshit between me and Barry. A lot of fuck ups. A lot of fuck ups. A lot of nonsense. A lot of stuff that if it was made public, I'd probably get fired from my job and same for you Barry <laughs> we're gonna leave all that shit in there even if somehow like my mom one day became a VIP member for that not even a VIP for the just the exclusive content side she's not getting any of those fucking links Barry so <laughs> there has been stuff that we had to take out not just because it was like a a pause or a delay or like you know checking a stat or something just because it was like a little on the uh, side of you know um, uncouth, you know, even for us, or it could be construed the wrong way that, you know, we didn't even want it out in the ether. So we just stripped it. Well, so you'll get access to all that. All of that. I mean, if it's really bad, it's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it. I shouldn't you even can't, say it. You can't. I can't take it out. No, that's what they're paying for. They want it all. They want the hardcore shit. All right, guys, www.patreon.com backslash hard next life that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com backslash hard next life go there that's it that's all i want to fucking talk about it barry merry nixmas what are your christmas wishes for the knicks this year uh christmas wishes are i mean don't go not don't give a long laundry list just like one or two um i want like I want 10 players deep to like go through ups and downs throughout the entire season. I don't want anybody to have a crazy stellar season. I just want them to have ups and downs, you know? <laughs> Wait, you don't want your Christmas wish for the Knicks is you don't want, you don't want anyone to have a great I should, season. <laughs> I should rephrase that. The, aside from, aside from our, this is a stupid Christmas wish. Now that I'm saying it out loud in my head, it made a lot more sense. Because right. I don't even know why. Wow. <laughs> the rookies are fine. They can have a stellar, stellar <laughs> season if they want to. But everybody else, I want ups and downs. Because if everybody starts playing better, then they're going to start winning games. But if they kind of have these ups and downs throughout the season and they're not, you know, coinciding with one another, then it means more losses. And if they're slowly getting better, through ups and downs, and yet they keep stacking up the losses, we're going to have a better chance to get our pick, and yet they're going to improve at the same time. That's kind of where my whole thought process was going with that Nixmas wish. You want just the perfect season, not for any individuals, but for us. Right. Us and individuals. I just don't want like the individual progress to like fuse together and coincide as one. You know, let this guy have a few great games. Then let this guy have a few great games. Ultimately, everybody will have had a good season. Just never all at the same time where it's going to stack up a bunch of wins together. Right. What's your What's your wish, Craig? You know, I was going to wish for Frank to grow some balls. But then you know, I really started thinking about what's plagued us for several years. And it's the, the draft lottery. We have the worst fucking luck. Right, no matter no matter where we end up as far as the odds of getting a top pick, we always mm. drop back. That's a good wish. And this year it's looking like, you know, the more games we lose, obviously, the higher we start going up those tank standings. Uh, we're right there. We're right there at the top right now. And 
I just can't. I for this year, for this year's lottery, I want the balls to bounce in our favor. That's my that's my Knicks miss wish. Oh, that's want, a really good one. I don't want to move down at all. For once in our lives, I want to either stay where we are or move up. Because if we we know we're going to end up in this like three to five range probably, and especially this year with the way the odds are different. Pretty much everyone in those top seven have a decent chance of landing a number one. So the odds are even more stacked against us this year. Normally, we move back when the odds are really more likely that we stay put. This year, it's even more likely we drop down given our bad luck. So I just want some motherfucking luck this year, Barry. I'm sorry for cursing on this special Miss episode. There really shouldn't be any, but... I want some lottery ball luck. That's what I'm wishing for. Would you yeah, like to hear what? That's good. Would you like to hear what the fans are wishing for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get some more because it sounds like they're all going to be better than mine. Ah, uh, this was a nice one. Drew Robson Canoe on Twitter for Frank to find his mojo, Dolan to sell, and KP to be indestructible, and never-ending happiness for Ron Baker. That's lovely. <laughs> A lot of, lot of fans want Zion. Everyone's going crazy about Zion. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Sure. You know, he just played at MSG, so everyone's salivating over him. Lots of lots of people want a, a Dolan sale. Bleacher Jones, at Bleacher Jones, wants a Dolan sale, a healthy, happy, and successful KP return. A top two pick. Oh, and he wants Kevin Durant, says... That's not too much to ask for, right? Might be. That might be a lot to ask for. Uh, a lot of Frank wishes. Everyone wants Frank to find his confidence. Everyone wants Zion. And uh, one of my favorites, Stitchy Monster, at Stitchy Monster, has got a gif of a two karate guys, one karate guy kicking the other guy in the nuts over and over again. And he says he wants a Giannis... A Tentacumpo and Mario Hazonia sack whacking contest <laughs> for Christmas. Wow. And one asshole, Fire Fizz at Cuts Corner, says he wants to trade Porzingis. That's his. Oh, I saw that. That's his Christmas wish to trade our unicorn. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm going to assume that asshole doesn't listen to the show. But Barry, I don't care. Fuck that guy. You don't say shit like that. A trading Porzingis. That's your wish? That's what you're going to wish to fucking Santa for? There's a lot of Knicks fans out there. They're all cut from different molds. You know, they've got different views and thoughts. And hey, you know, yep. he probably didn't like Porzingis to begin with. He probably thought he was injury prone. This one, you know, was like the nail in the coffin for him. They said, that's it. I give up on him. I'm not ready to... Ride this out with him. Just trade his ass. It is true. Knicks fans run the whole like the, the the gamut of the spectrum. Can I? Is that does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Sure. The spectrum of the gamut. The gamut of the something. I like the gamut of the spectrum. Right. Like, and I've seen Knicks fans complain who are like, "You guys are unbelievable." You know, yesterday you were angry that we lost to Phoenix, and then today you're angry. You're like angry that we're. That we're not that we're not losing and we're not tanking all the games for Zion. It's like, dude, that's because there's all the we have so many fans with such different uh, differing opinions. Whether we want to win every game, whether we want to lose, some guys hate Frank, some guys love them. Unless like the same Knicks fans are flip flopping every day, it's just different opinions from different fans. Yeah, and sometimes like you, I mean, I've been through instances where like I thought I had a particular opinion about something. And then it wasn't even necessarily somebody else changed my mind. It's just like when you sit down and you actually give it some thought, deep thought, sometimes that changes your mind completely. Like I was looking forward to Przingis coming back midseason, you know, getting a glimpse at what this team might look like with him on the floor as the centerpiece. And then, you know, it comes out the other day that he's first just going to be kind of like reevaluated middle of February. So we've got another two months to go through. And then I sat and thought about it and I realized, you know, this is... This is good for us. What's the rush for him to come back? All right, you want to do you this know? now, Barry? We'll fucking move this into the show. I thought we talked about the order of the show, but 
obviously <laughs> you're just free balling here so here Look, it's got this got to be organic man it's got to right, go right. through organically so this here's here's what mills said about kp this is the kp update go ahead christoph has made good progress we felt good from a medical perspective the mri looked was a good mri we had a physically he was uh examined by the doctors and then we went through a battery of performance tests that involved jumping and force plate measurements and you know all kinds of different agility drills and he's making good progress so we feel good that he's making steps we actually have he's advanced to doing some work on the court with with our coaching staff and we're going to still see how he's progressing and we'll do another series of tests sometime in mid-february you mentioned earlier today that you've actually watched him recently working out on the court with a coach so what is he doing right now basketball wise i happen to be in my office can see out onto the court yesterday and he was out on the court doing some three-quarter court sprinting type drills and taking taking pull-up threes a couple of dunks so he was out there with the coach for 45 minutes or so and so we felt good about the progress he's making i mean it's exciting that porzingis is dunking the ball and practicing a bit with a trainer and he's making progress no setbacks according to mills um they're going to reevaluate him in mid-february like he said but i agree with you earlier in the season and before the season i thought kp really needed to come back um the earlier the better but at least before the end of the season to prove his health to us to prove his health to potential free agents um what do you mean you prove know, his health to us like literally like to the fans you know to what? Prove his health to the fans he doesn't owe not the to fans us anything. to the knicks being that he i thought he would want to come back to, you know about to sign a big free agent contract i thought important to prove his health to the knicks not really to us I consider us and the Knicks one and the same, Barry. Um, Beautiful, but really mostly to prove to free agents that we that he's that he's good, you know, that he's the star that they can join, and you know, because every free agent wants to join other stars, and if there's all this doubt about his health, you know, that hurts the chances of a big name free agent coming to us. But my opinion has definitely changed, Barry, over the past few weeks watching this team and seeing some of the progress from guys like Knox and Moutier, you know, and, and just wondering, I've been thinking like worst case scenario, what happens if Porzingis comes back, right? Let's say Porzingis came back and re-injured himself. Okay. And in coming back, maybe he plays well for a while and he hurts our draft stock. Right, hurts our draft chan- draft chances, and on top of that, because he got hurt, that sets our franchise back years, and no free agent wants to come here. Like that's that's a worst case scenario. So lately, I've been wondering maybe it's better just to play it safe, you know, In- uh, uh, increase the ch- likelihood that he comes back healthy, which would be just waiting till next year, not letting anybody see him, and just hoping that someone you know, can talk to him or sees his training and thinks he'll be okay and comes. And let's just fucking keep on tanking because Zion looked awfully good at MSG the other night. Yep. And you're thinking along the same lines now, just you're joining all the fans that wanted KP to rest from the beginning? Yeah, I am. I am. I mean, we're getting a lot of playing time for all these guys, you know, in and out of their little injuries between ankles and hamstrings and groins and you know, all that stuff that's sitting them out for a couple of weeks are just DNPs, but you know, they're getting their minutes and yeah, I mean, KP is going to take a big section of that. And again, he's going to help you gain wins, which isn't really helping the franchise. So yeah, let him sit. And again, I mean, if he comes back for 10, 15 games at the end of the season, that's fine, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not as disappointed as I thought I would be. Like if we're sitting here with, you know, next game is Christmas Day. My before the season prediction was that he would be back on the court on Christmas Day as his comeback game. Um, and obviously that's uh, not happening. But I'm not as disappointed as I thought I would be about it. I mean, listen, Mills said that he is on the court shooting and running and dunking right now. And they're going to reevaluate him in mid-February. It would not shock me if that evaluation in mid-February is like, another evaluation like yeah you're ready to start practicing 
right? That's entirely possible. Sure. If he's dunking the ball and on the court training right now, he's essentially playing basketball, but just not contact and not against other players. Like we're talking that we're talking mid February. That's you know just less than two months from now. So it's entirely possible that that mid February check in is sort of like a is he ready to start practicing or is he not? Right. Almost like a final, a final right. go ahead. So we'll see. I don't know what the benefits really are of him playing in the final 10 to 15 games. You think there's a big benefit to that or just so he can... <sighs> wouldn't you rather he just gets the full off season and you know he's coming into training camp next year 100%? Yeah, I guess there's not really a, a big benefit to him playing the games. And they, they, they play games in the summer anyway. You know, right. I'm not talking about summer league, but I'm talking about all the pickup games and you know all the different places the guys get to yeah. play, get together and you know run full court. So, yeah, it's not yeah. a rush to get him back. I mean, think about it. If he comes back for the final like 10, 10 games, they're gonna ease him into it, right? He's not gonna play. He's not gonna come back and play thirty minutes a game, right? Play ten no, minutes, yeah, fifteen not. minutes right. before you. Know, by 100%. the time he, by the time he even gets rolling and comfortable, season's over. If anything, people are like, ah, it's not the same Porzingis. Because it's going to take time for him to get back to where he was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, even just as far as perception and how free agents perceive him, I don't know if he's going to be at his best coming in for the final 10 or 15. He's really got to get his feet wet and under him. And I don't know if that's going to happen that late in the season. But we shall see, Barry. We shall. Let's talk about Kevin Knox. Mm. Mm. That first mm. half, that first, well, not even first half, that first, first quarter, quarter against Atlanta, dude. Oh. I, he was just playing out of his mind. Oh my God. He, he took control of that game, that what, first quarter. What was he not doing in that first quarter? He showed you all of his offensive skills, all of the potential. Yep. Everything. Yeah. You know, he, that was the first time we saw him really take over a game and he got the Knicks a big lead in that first quarter his shot, he was driving, he was running the lane, he was breaking, um, he was doing everything. And you saw, like I saw the makings of a superstar there. I even tweeted during that first quarter because I was so fucking confident. I tweeted, fuck Luca, we got Knox. And right after I <laughs> tweeted that, of course, he just totally disappeared. But that was, <laughs> that was Summer League Knox in that first quarter. Better than yeah. Summer League Knox. He had like, he had like one or two misses in that first quarter. Yeah, I think the, the miss dunk was that the first quarter or no? Uh, there was one. Dunk I don't that know he if that was the first that or was the beginning of but, the second. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did have a nice slam the beginning of the second. In fact, you know, I, I record most of these games and I fast forward through the commercials and the first quarter ended, and I'm fast right. forwarding through the commercials, and I like hit play and then it goes up on the screen. Knox has 19 points, and I was like, wait a second, he doesn't have 19 points. He finished the first quarter with 17 points. And I realized that, like, I must have fast-forwarded too far, and it was only, like, 20 seconds into the second quarter. I was like, wait a second, you're telling me he scored again? I had to rewind it to catch that break dunk that he had, that fast-break dunk. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was obviously uh, cooled off after that, only scoring, like, another five points after that 19. But, um, but yeah, again, shooting well from three, showcasing a little of everything. You what, know, are his, what, 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 are, what are his numbers on the year, Barry? You got those? On the year, I've got, I mean, I've got his numbers for December. I've got those two. I've got, actually, I've got his numbers November. for October. November. I got the breakdown between October, November, and December, which is pretty fascinating. You know, uh, in October and November, first of all, he was only averaging about 18 minutes a game, both those right. two months. We know part of that reason was because they were kind of easing him in after that little bit of an injury. But the month of December, he's, at, he's up to 34 minutes a game or just under 34 minutes a game. He's averaging 17.5 points per game the month of December, 42% from the field, which you'd like to see that go up a little bit. He has taken a lot of shots, yet, um, but uh, about 40% from three. So, I mean, he's, he's doing fantastic. And over six rebounds he's up to um, the month of December. Yeah, and you know, he started off the season very slowly. We all know that. He, he was not hitting any shots. He, he had that ankle injury that bothered him. Very slow start. But like you said, in December... And December's almost over, so I think, and it is still a young season. So I think looking at his December numbers compared to the other lottery pick numbers in December is a good test because all these guys are going to improve as the season goes on, and Knox has improved substantially. 
right? But if you look at his his numbers in December against the other top 10 picks from this year in December, his really stack up against almost everyone's. Barry, he's number two in scoring in December amongst the top 10 lottery picks. Only Luka Doncic is in front of him at 19.6 points a game in December. And people talk about Luka like he's at LeBron level already, well, right? he hit a stat that only he and LeBron share. And what was that week. stat again? So Luka Doncic, he, he topped 500 career points on Tuesday. And so that, along with his 188 rebounds and 137 assists, he became the only player since 1983 other than LeBron James to have 500 points, 150 rebounds, and 100 assists by the 28th game of their career. It's incredible. And he's still so young. But he's, get, he's getting 19.6 points, six and a half rebounds, and 6.2 assists in December, Luca. Yeah. So, so he's, a, he's a clear front runner in the rookie of the year. 100%. I mean, I was going to say, like, the, the, the one thing going against Knox for rookie of the year is Luca. You know, because right. for him to surmount that would be incredible because, I mean, Luca's just playing, you know, out of his mind. But Luca's playing out of his mind, but it's not that much better than Knox in December. Not in for the December. whole season. In December. Right. Which right. is just interesting because nobody's really talking about Knox, you know. Well, he, he's, a, he's a Kia Rookie of the Month nominee, at least. So they're taking notice. Right. They're so we'll see notice. as the month goes on. But listen to some of these numbers. Aiton's great in December. 15.8 points, 11.5 boards. Dude, Bagley, the second pick, 11.5 points, three rebounds. Jaron Jackson Jr., who everyone was going nuts for at the beginning of the season in the Summer League. Just 11 points a game and five boards. Dude, Trey Young is shooting 26% from three in December, which is worse than fucking Frank Nilakina. <laughs> and just down the line, dude, Knox as the ninth pick. Dude, he's right there behind. If you, We're just taught looking at December. Yeah, and we're also hoping that he's going to you know, continue, continue to catapult and, and not, not fall off because I mean, I don't you see can't any reason. put down not, Trey Young just because his month is... I mean, Trey Young's averaging like 15 points a game and over seven assists. I mean, so he's, his three-point shooting has been bad. But he's putting up, I mean, amazing numbers to his own right. And those aren't amazing numbers <laughs> on that. <laughs> now, and it should be noted too, and I know this is December, so again, we hope that Knox turned a corner and he's going to... All his average numbers from the year are just going to go way, way up if he continues on this path, but... Don't don't count out my boy Alonzo Trier. Well, let's I mean, see. he's also in the top 10 in points. He, him and Kevin Knox are 7 and 8 on the year right now as far as rookies in most points per game. Both at 11 points a game. Well, Knox, Trier, is, ri- Knox is rising fast. He's rising fast, though, so he's got that. But Trier's shooting 39% from three. And Trier's, I think he practiced, right? Didn't he practice today? And he's good to go for the game on Christmas? It's good to go on Christmas Day. And, you know, this will be his first game back since he signed the contract. You know, it impresses me how much, um, how on some of these young guys the Knicks coaches are in the Knicks front office. You know, immediately after that game where Knox disappeared after that first quarter, they're talking about, Knox is talking about this and Fisdale. They're all talking about how they're going to try and get Knox to have that motor the whole game, right? They're just Right. right on top of things right when they see something. And you can just see in Knox that he wants to improve every single game. He's talking about it. You know, he's not he's not happy that he scored, what did he finish with, 22 points that game or something like that? Yeah, 24. 24. He, like, he knows that he dropped off and he disappeared. And he's already talking about ways that he wants to improve that. And I'm very impressed with that. Yeah, yeah, no, his work ethic, you could tell, is top-notch. He just expects nothing but the best from himself. He's always pushing himself further. So, And that's what we said before the season started. It's just, you know, we weren't seeing it on the court at first. Um, but now you are, and his, you know, his fruits of his labor are, are paying off. The other guy in the Knicks who's on fire is Moutier, still. Still. He's not going away. <laughs> He's not going away. That, that was, that game against Atlanta, he's had, he's, he's, he scored 30-plus points every other game in the last five games, Barry. Every other game. Three 30-point games in the last five games. Yeah. And I heard some stat in that game in his entire career before this season. He only had two. Two 30-point yeah. games. <laughs> He's had three in his past five. 
34 against Charlotte, 32 against Phoenix, and 32 against Atlanta. Yeah, he he's had he's been playing so well. I mean, the most impressive thing to me are those little short jumpers that he takes in the paint, anywhere from within the paint. You know, when he when he when he goes up the ball, it just makes its way into the hoop. You know, he's, he's dialed that in, and he seems to like do a lot of while Knox is doing well in the while Knox like had those seventeen in the first quarter. Seems like Moutier, as the game goes on. You know, as it gets later in the game is when he starts putting his points. And I think that's one of the most impressive things about him. Yeah, he's not put, such he's a not, young, yep, yeah. yeah, young player, 22 years old, that wants the ball in those fourth quarters and basically leads the team. You know, we, we, we saw him lead a couple of comebacks this year and at least keep him close in some of these losses. But uh, yeah, he's been um, still amazing. Right. We haven't been winning two wins in our last 12 games, but... <laughs> but they've there have been a lot of close games, right? And we've been fighting. We've been fighting, and a big part of that is the way Moutier's been playing late. Yeah. He's is there anyone more cl- like is there anyone in that fourth on that team who in that fourth quarter you want taking shots than Moutier right now? No. No. <laughs> no. He's he's been he's just been a sharpshooter from everywhere on the floor in those fourth quarters. You're absolutely right. And his numbers are up, you know, the last 10 games, he's averaging 19 and a half points and five and a half assists. I mean, every week that goes by that we talk about, we, we do this podcast, it's, I feel like we're saying the same shit about Moutier and that's, it's, it's, a, it's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> like we were all so sold on Frank and we we're all excited about Frank being the young point guard of the future. And I don't know if this is real or not still, but with every week that goes by, like we just keep talking about Moutier, it's becoming very real. Yeah, I mean, we saw Burke last year and he looked like this energetic scorer, but Moutier is just able to do a lot more, you know, with, with his size and his body. He's so multidimensional. Um, and to think that he's been such a much more impressive scorer than Burke has been, you know, has taken everybody by surprise. Burke has found his way back on the bench. He's had two DMPs the last two games, even though he's been, you know, he had the green light to play. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been, it's been definitely been an entertaining season, even though we're the third worst team in the league. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the best of everything right there. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, Fizz does with, you mentioned Trey Burke. He's he's had those DNPs and Frank has been at least on the offensive end struggling big time over the past several games. Here's a little um, Mills bite about Frank and what they want to try and improve on with Frank. You know, we we know Frank can defend. We know he's he can be an elite defensive player. He shows glimpses of being able to do some things on the offensive end that are positive. But, you know, we talk about this all the time. Our job is to figure out how do we pour confidence into Frank that he feels confident about his offensive side of his game. And Scott Fisdale, Craig Robinson, we all talk about that. And that's something that that we have to figure out a way to keep him energized and keep him feeling good about himself. So that's good to hear for Frank fans, right, Barry? You know, a little... uh... Frank's struggling, but it doesn't mean he's on the trading block. Dude, he's still, I know we're always harping on this. He's still 20 years old. There's a lot of work to do with Frank. His shooting, his shots have just not been falling of late. He's not doing anything offensively, aside from getting a few assists here and there. Trey Burke sitting on the bench waiting for his chance. Barry, you think... uh, Trey is going to start getting a few minutes more than Frank with the way Frank's been playing, or you think they're going to be a little more patient with Frank? You can't keep sending him to the bench, you know, every time he's not doing well. No, you can't. Again, he's 20 years old. He's your lottery pick from last year. Burke is 25, 26. You know, they dusted him off. They ripped him out of the G League. Um, Frank is the one that needs the time to grow right now. Um, and yeah, no, you, you know, you, you sat him down, you did that little stint, that's done, that's over. He's got to get his consistent minutes now. And, and look, 
they're not looking to um, to to get a playoff berth here this year. So I mean, if it means that, you know you're not going to get that win in the game, who cares? At least you're going to get a full season to look at this guy, and at least to figure out what you're going to do next year and to see if you have a hole, to, a real hole to fill. Did you catch uh, any of uh, R.J. Barrett and Zion with Duke at MSG? I wish I did, and I did not. No highlights, nothing. No, no, I didn't go back. I should have. Shame on me. <laughs> so RJ didn't have a great game. But I think the consensus among most NBA fans, especially Knicks fans, a lot of a lot of people are salivating over Zion, dude. He is he is a beast. Yeah, I mean I've seen him play. I've seen his highlights, <laughs> you know, throughout from the season. Yeah, he's he's an amazing athlete. Dude, his his size, his explosiveness. Uh, dude, he's six foot seven, two eighty five. When he's on the court, like I've never seen uh, an NBA athlete that looks like that. No, and, let alone <laughs> let alone one that's still in college as a as a freshman. He's eighteen years old. If he came into the NBA today, like he would dominate everybody <laughs> physically. Is how big he is. Yeah, he's going to turn nineteen in July, the month the draft is happening. Right, it happens in July. Is that right? June, end of June, July, end of June, maybe. I'm Barry's, silent because Barry's I don't know looking the answer. He has no fucking idea. <laughs> Something like that. He's going to turn 19 around the draft, dude. And he's already, uh, he might be too big for the NBA. That's how big he is. <laughs> but, uh, and the other exciting thing about him. Think about that. 200, what did you say it was, 285? 285. Yeah, and how, how does he get so high off the ground? At 285 pounds. You know how strong you got to be to get 285 pounds that high up in the air, the way he soars up in the air? Dude, I remember Oakley and Mason when they were on the Knicks. I remember Oakley was something like 6'8", 250, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Zion is 285, and, yeah, he leaps better than anybody you've ever seen. Like, he gets higher than Mitchell Robinson, I think. It's insane. <laughs> But I was going to say, the other exciting thing about him is as gifted as he is offensively, he's just as gifted and just as wanting to do great on the defensive end. Like he wants to be a great two-way player. Whoever lands him in the draft, I mean, he's an instant, instant star, like game one. Right. And I'm just, I mean, I think most Knicks fans, um, I think this is the third or fourth time I'm going to say salivating in this podcast, Barry. But I really like I'm drooling right now thinking about <laughs> about Kevin Knox and everything we've seen in him in December, Zion Williamson and Porzingis being our front line. Well, let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. I mean, there, there's okay. about ten other teams that are salivating, thinking about him in their jersey. Also, do you see the drool running down my chin? Yeah, do yeah, you yeah, see yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Grab a fucking handkerchief, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm just walking around all day truly like this, thinking about that front court. <laughs> Did you hear his bite after the game? When yeah. He was, he was asked about playing for the Knicks. Yeah. Here, take a listen. R RJ, do you want to play for the Knicks? Um, <laughs> RJ, do you want to play for the Knicks? If they draft you, yeah. If they draft yeah, me, I would love to play for the Knicks. Like, I'm not really like, I don't really like, I don't want to say like I don't really care where I go. Like just the experience of being in the NBA. Whoever wants me, and whoever sees the most of me, that's where I want to be. So you had some fans who went crazy about that and said, "Oh, he would love to play for the Knicks." And then you had some who were like, "Oh, dude, he was, he was like, it was the opposite. <laughs> he didn't mean that. He was like almost mocking us." <laughs> I mean, let's face it. These guys are just all embarrassed when they get the asked only that part, question. The, the, the part when he asked RJ, hey, RJ, right. hey, RJ, what, you, you go to play for the Knicks? Like when he asked him, it almost seemed like they had a conversation like in the bus or I don't know if they flew there or took a bus there, but right. like in the, on the bus ride over, like I would never play for the Knicks ever. You know, and then when the reporter <laughs> asked him, hey, RJ, RJ, if the Knicks draft you, you play for the Knicks? Like you put him on the spot. You know? Oh come on! So you you think that they they don't want to play for the Knicks? No 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 no! I don't. I didn't. I didn't think Zion that's how was it's that's it, that's, how that's how it sounded. sounded that part. Yeah. yeah yeah. It is. It was like he didn't want to answer the question. <laughs> but dude, these guys are just embarrassed. They know they're going to get asked that question, and they don't know what to say. 
They can't just say that they want to play for every team in the league. Because then that little bite is going to get used against them forever. That, that's, you know? that's right. That's right. But, I mean, he said he wants to play for us. So it doesn't even matter if he doesn't want to play for us, Barry. If we pick him, he's fucking playing for us. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to tell him that. He's enormous. <laughs> He'll probably be like, don't fucking draft me. And they'll be like, all right, don't worry. We're not, we're, we won't touch you. Of course he wants to play for us, right? He got a taste of the garden, you know, and they were going nuts for him. He said he would love to, I don't, I didn't hear this soundbite, but I read it. He said he would love to play 41 at MSG. Oh yeah, yeah, I read that too. So he's coming, Barry. (laughs) That's it. So Steve Mills also had some sound about this year's free agent market. And, uh, you know, a lot of Knicks fans want to know, like, can we sign two guys? You know, what are our goals for free agency? He had this to say. We will be able to create enough cap space to go after one free agent, but that's really a byproduct of the way we just designed our roster. Really, our goal is to, fit, is to focus on the guys that we currently have on the roster. How can we see if we can get the best out of them? And, and, and hopefully they'll force us to make some difficult decisions about creating cap space. So, yeah, apparently they've got pieces in place. I mean, they know the moves that are in front of them that they are going to need to make to get that cap space to sign that max. Um, I mean, I don't... I wish I knew what it was. I mean, we know it's you know either going to be Lee or Cantor or Hardaway, but I'm sure they have like their number one option of what they fantasize it being. I'd like to know what that is. I don't know for sure what it is. I mean, maybe it involves both Cantor and Lee. I don't know how attached to Hardaway they are. Cantor's gone, right? Cantor's a free agent. Yeah, they're not signing him. Right, right. But they obviously have. I mean, Mills so confidently said that they will have enough room to sign one max free agent. So I'm confident enough in Perry and Mills that they have a plan for that, right? Even with extending KP, they're going to have room. But I thought this wasn't part of this soundbite, but Mills also said this past week that they're not just going to sign a max free agent for the sake of signing a max free agent. If they don't get a max guy or a free agent that they think really... Um, elevates the team and really is a difference maker. They're not just going to sign somebody. And that was music to my ears. Yes. Because you can easily get into a scenario where the guys you really would love to have, you know, whether it's Durant, Kyrie, any of these top tier guys, they all go elsewhere. And then you're stuck with some extra money and you feel like you have to spend something. So you lock into some dude for four or five years that you don't really want And then you'll be mediocre until you have more room to sign other max guys. I feel like that's what happened when the Knicks uh, didn't get LeBron that that year, 2010, was it? Yep. And they somehow ended up with Amari Stoudemire, the guy that nobody else wanted. Yeah, we all know how that turned out. Amari was great for a little while, but those knees and those injuries caught up to him. And, you know, we got stuck with him. And we had some nice years in there, but we weren't going to win a championship. And so you can get stuck in that, you know, middle ground if you don't get the players you want. Some teams will, and the Knicks of the past have, you know, gone for those second-tier free agents, overpaid them, and then doesn't give you the chance of winning a championship or even coming close. It just gives you a solid team for a few years. And then you can fucking start all over again a few years later. So that was, I mean, that was very nice to hear from Mills. They really seem like they're 100% in on this rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I basically see maybe three or four guys that I would call difference makers that if we could sign him, you go after him. Um, and then after that, you got to draw the line somewhere, right? I mean, we, we already mentioned, you mentioned Kyrie, you mentioned... Um, um, KD. KD. And there's Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, Obviously. Yeah. Um, and Clay Thompson's a free agent, although he said he wanted to stay in Golden State. He's made pretty clear, but he's a free agent, right? Going into the summer. Yeah, technically he is, but right, yeah, he's one of those. He's that... pretty made it made it pretty clear. Um, and then I guess I guess I would put the line at Kemba Walker would probably be the next guy, and he would fall below my line. Although he's going to make it tough for them as well. He's making a case for himself with his play this year. Um, I mean, he's averaging over twenty four points a game. He's he's you know really at the prime of his career now as well. Um, but I would say he's just under that that line for me that I would pass and he's, wait. He's borderline. 
Right. Because he's also right. a little older. Yeah. I think he'd be a lot of fun to watch with Porzingis. But yeah, they'll have to make a decision. Is he, you know, is he worth it? it especially if that takes you out of the running for, I think the following year you got like, is Anthony Davis a free agent the following year? Yeah, yeah, 2020. And, and Giannis, right? Maybe. Yeah. So that'll take you out of the running for some of those guys. Um, you don't want to, what you don't want to do is end up signing like a Chris Middleton with your max money. Right. And that's, before Mills said that, that was always something that scared me. Like they'll, they'll settle for a Middleton or an Al Horford or someone like that. Like good, good players. They're going to, they're going to look back at last year's draft, right? That they had when they got, you know, Trier, well, Trier wasn't even technically in the draft, but the fact that they signed him over the summer and they drafted Knox and Robinson, they're going to say, I think they're going to look at it and say it was a successful draft. Obviously, we don't know until all the chips fall, but from, you know, all all, all things are pointing to those were successful picks, right? And they're going to let that roll into uh, into the next draft and, and, and keep this rebuild going, stack our team with young guys that are either going to, be, going to become trade assets when we do start making a push um, towards the playoffs in another year or two, or to, to take this team to the next level and keep them. You know, they're, they're doing the right thing. I think they got the um, the wherewithal to do it. Right, because it's not going to take one of these max free agents to make us very interesting next year. If we keep going the way we're going, if we finish with a top three, four pick, and you and you look at adding one of these Duke guys to the team and a healthy KP to an improving Knox and this young group that we have here with Trier, Robinson, like Moutier, if he's back, we don't know. That's like... We're definitely going to have that. We'll have a top pick with KP, with Knox, and all these guys we have now. That's already going to be a big improvement from this season. If they add a max guy, I mean, then you're talking drastic improvement. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, But it's just not, not necessary. It's not the end of the world if it doesn't happen. We're still going to be a much better team next season. Yeah, and and as long as... As Nick fans, as long as we're seeing growth, no matter how small those that growth is, as long as you're seeing it all along the way throughout the whole course of the, not just the season, but the year, because in the off season, in free agency, with everything, if you're seeing all these little building blocks stacking up on top of each other, we're fine with that. We just don't want to take these big back steps because we've taken too many, right? And we're playing catch up right now for the past 20 years. So if we just keep building and doing what we're doing, I think everybody's going to be just fine. If KP comes back healthy, dude, next year is a different story. Him, top three pick plus Knox. That's Right now you're missing two of the three top guys you're going to have on the team next year, essentially. You know? Yep. I mean, I can't, I mean, I know we say this every year, but can't wait till next year. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> All right, Barry, that's going to do it for the show today, right? Do we have anything else we want to talk about? Oh, yeah. You know what we could talk about? What, what did we say? We're like tied for third as the, the third worst team in the league. Well, after like the next 10 games, there's a good chance we're going to be dead last. Because <laughs> if you take a look at this schedule, the teams that are stacked in front of us over the next two weeks is pretty brutal. Dude. I mean, you got the Bucks two games in a row. We're playing teams like... Houston and the Lakers and Indiana and OKC, Golden State, I'm Portland. Yeah. I keep reading the easy part of our schedule is over. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we were t- we've won two of the last twelve. <laughs> now it's gonna get now it's gonna it's gonna be a real hard next life now. Barry. Oh my god, we're gonna be a punching bag, I think. We are oh, all god. gonna be really tested the rest of the way here. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you what the schedule is, but we don't need to know. It's just going to be sucky, right? <laughs> right, right. Reach out to us, guys. It's a hard, it's a hard Nick's life at gmail.com. You can call us at 516-33-MESH1. This show has been brought to you by one of our VIPs, Arnold's... I can't read this name, Barry. It's Latvian. It's very difficult. You should have practiced this. You know what? He told me. He told me I could just go Arno from Latvia. Okay. He's our VIP today. Guys, go to www.patreon.com backslash hardnextlife. 
Merry Christmas, Knicks fans. Right, Barry? Merry Nixmas. Merry Nixmas. What do you want to say to Nets fans? What do I want to say to Nets fans? Oh, yeah, I hope they have a really shitty Christmas, Barry. They're playing very well, so I want to have, I want them to have an awful Christmas. LeBron, <laughs> fuck LeBron. Hope you have a fucking awful Christmas. Who do you want to wish awful Christmases to, Barry? Is that, is that like, are you allowed to do that? Does that mean James Harden? You don't like James Harden? No. Okay, James Harden. We hope you have an awful Christmas. Giannis. Do uh, we? No, I mean I don't have a, any problem, with Giannis. Just because he said he wanted to. Uh, punch Mario in the nuts. <laughs> You're hoping that, that, that something goes down with that? What are oh, the chances Hazonia straddles Giannis one more time? And Giannis does punch him in the nuts. Oh, that's a given. If, he, if Mario goes to do that, he's definitely getting <laughs> punched in the nuts for sure. It's very unlikely that <laughs> happens again. Let's see if there's any nut punching even if it doesn't happen. It's going to be a fun game. What a beautiful way to spend Christmas. (laughs) All right, guys. Until next time. It's hard. (laughs) I thought you were sleeping over there. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) No, say... Oh, come on, dude. Until next time. It is a hard... It's a hard... (laughs) Ugh. Barry. I can't do it. It's a hard Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.